2: Welcome to the table. We discuss issues of God and culture. I'm Darrell Bach, Executive Director for Cultural Engagement at the Hendrick Center at Dallas Theological Seminary. And our topic today is Marketplace Chaplains. And we're going to be talking about a uh, um, uh, ministry that, that exists. The name of the organization is Marketplace Chaplains. Hey, what a, that was hard, wasn't it? Okay. So, uh, and I have three. Representatives of the organization with me, uh, Millicent Poole, who's executive director for training. Thank you, Millicent, Mm -hmm. for being a part of this. John Gibson, who's the company care leader for the organization, and Doug. Fagerstrom, I hope I pronounced that right. Uh, who's president of the organization uh, of Marketplace Chaplains? So let's talk a little bit about um, about where this came from. Uh, it, I understand the organization goes back to 1984, which is kind of an auspicious year to be founded in. It creates all kinds of images and that kind of thing.
3: Uh, but uh, what what created the need for an organization like this? And tell us a little bit about the organization. Well, back in 1984, a military chaplain by the name of Gil Strickland Mm -hmm. had a dream. Hmm. And uh, his dream was how can we bring this role of chaplain not into our armed forces or into the hospitals, as we often know chaplain, but how could we bring that into the workplace? Hmm. Uh, Knowing that here's an incredible opportunity to reach. What we believe is one of the largest mission fields in the world, and in our country, 120 million people. Uh, non-government employees get up every Monday morning and go to work, 70% of whom have no one in their life to talk to, uh, much less a church or even a caring spouse at home. And now the chaplain shows up, builds and establishes relationships, and gets to share the love of God and uh, their concern about family, friends, work, finances, health, whatever it may be, uh, with these new friends. as a chaplain to uh, people who now have a name. And so you're hired by organizations. Your people
2: are hired by organizations that that want to bring a certain kind of uh, corporate
3: culture to the to their business. What, what who, who turns to you for help? Well, we we have companies all over uh, North America that do turn to us for help. In fact, we like to say we offer hope and help hmm. with care and compassion to employees who don't have that. We pick up where HR leaves off. Mm-hmm. And so a company it can be McDonald's, it can be a Fortune 50 company of which we serve, Uh, it can be that machine shop down the street with 30 employees, or it can be an attorney firm of 80 employees. Uh, They will hire us, uh, Mm fee-for-service, and we provide chaplains for them uh, 24-7, 365. Hmm. Our chaplains come into that workspace every week to establish relationships with the employees. And then when an employee calls uh, through our – we actually have a CHAP app, (laughs) and they can go to their smartphone and they can get their chaplain in just a few keystrokes, uh, either by phone or email or or uh, text message and say, Chaplain, uh, we're down at the hospital. Would you come? Hmm. Uh, Chaplain, um, I'm down at the jail. I need to bail my son out. Could you meet me there? I don't know what to do. Uh, Chaplain, uh, could you meet at Starbucks? Uh, I just really need to talk.
2: Now, Doug, how did you manage to get into this in, into this gig?
3: Well, I'm the second generation uh, leader from our our incredible founder. And one day, a headhunter called me up. I was joining ministry across the street from Campus Crusade for Christ, or now they call it Crew, mm-hmm. uh, with a church planting ministry. Had formerly been a seminary president. Had mm-hmm. been a uh, uh, executive pastor in two megachurches, and I. Asked Asked the headhunter, why are you calling me? And he said, "Uh, let me read the profile. And I said, you just read the last 35 years of my life, almost chronologically. Hmm. But they were looking for someone this time who had a strong ecclesial background, someone connected to the church, uh, someone who uh, could bring a a bit of theological perspective into the Christian worldview of our chaplain ministry. And, uh, well, God brought us to Dallas, hmm. and uh, it's been a wonderful, wonderful two years. So, were you in Orlando previously, or I or? was in Orlando, where it's okay. hot and humid. Here, yes. it's just hot. That's exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Welcome to our world.
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. But but I left snowstorms in Michigan uh-huh. uh, for a bit of hail here. So you yeah. know, everywhere you go, there's something. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you cannot escape the effects of the fall.
2: It's just that simple. So, um, okay, Millicent, uh, talk yes. about what you do at, at Marketplace Chaplains. What's your, what's your role there?
1: Well, I have the fun part. Mm-hmm. I get to train the new chaplains, and you just imagine you're getting these new chaplains with all this excitement, all this experience, and they're ready to go into these companies. Mm-hmm. And so, I like to look at. We're looking at chaplains who have diverse backgrounds. First, they've been called to full-time ministry. Mm -hmm. But then they've also been prepared by God, Mm -hmm. but they have previous work experiences. So I'm looking at chaplains, former nurses, former accountants, former bankers, Mm -hmm. engineers, former chaplains. It's just fun, and I just enjoy working with them through our training program. We take them through different uh, segments. Mm-hmm. We carry them through the basic skills course, which is an online self-study, mm-hmm. and then we have a facilitator-led online training, mm-hmm. which is focusing on the employee care program that we provide. Mm-hmm. And then the next step, we go into the systems training, mm-hmm. where they're going in to report the activities. And then the last stage is the coaching. Mm-hmm. So that coaching phase is where they're taking all the Curriculum that we carry them through and put that into a real life setting. Hmm. By the time they finish this, Doctor Bark, they are ready and eager to get into these companies.
2: Hmm. Yes. Okay, now how did you manage to land with your role in this gig? What What's your background that fed you, that led you into working with a ministry like this?
1: Passion, the love of God, and grace. Hmm. Before I even came to Dallas, my background has been accounting and training. Mm-hmm. After leaving and graduating from Dallas Theological Seminary, Mm -hmm. here, I'm so proud to be a part of, I had a part for ministry. It just deepened even more. Mm -hmm. And I followed Marketplace Chaplains for a number of years. Mm -hmm. And at the right time, at the right day, I just knocked on the door and God opened that. Mm -hmm. And so I had the the best job because I have a passion for corporate training Mm -hmm. as well as ministry.
2: Now, I'm curious because, you know, uh, uh, when you were here at Dallas, uh, what Program where you're part of. What did you major in?
1: Women's ministry. Okay, yes. very
2: good. And so, um, yeah. So I'm I'm eventually going to ask where do you get your chaplains and what kind of preparation they have. So that that's. A, so you have an accountant's background. You came to seminary and you ended up in marketplace chaplains
1: accounting and corporate training.
2: Uh-huh. Yes. Okay. And, and you... so
1: that, you know, it's amazing how you start out. When you when you decide on the degree, really it's hard for a 16-year-old to decide, what do I want to be for the rest of my life? Right,
2: exactly. Okay,
1: so that that started out. Uh-huh. But then God started to transform my passions hmm. to corporate training. Hmm. I come from my family of both teachers and educators. Ah. So I always had that teaching desire mm-hmm. continue to grow and that's how I ended up to corporate training. Now I've always served in Ministry for DTS that's mm-hmm. Dallas, Dallas Theological Seminary. I apologize. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> <No>.
3: <laughs> I'm just like
2: so a, a car on okay. the racetrack. That's okay. That's okay. You'd have won the Kentucky Derby, okay? No. <laughs> so.
1: And it just continued to, like I said, I, God continued to guide my footsteps mm-hmm. to marketplace chaplains. I'm also an adjunct professor at Southern Bible Institute, okay. where I teach women how to uh, serve in the marketplace. Hmm. And as God just continued to guide, my footsteps. When the door opened, that's when I realized I was at home.
2: Hmm. Wow. Okay, John, it's your turn. You are a corporate company care leader. Company care leader. Okay. Yes. What is a company care
0: leader? I mean, I I
2: thought that was a
0: chaplain. Am I wrong? <laughs> it is a chaplain. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I work with a team of chaplains at every organization that I that I go to, and there's a. Uh, three other company care leaders that are also in the Dallas area. And there's mm-hmm. company care leaders all throughout the United States that take over different regions. And we, what we do, we do everything from h- recruiting to hiring. Um, we'll meet with churches oftentimes to let them know what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, we will often, um, but, but the thing that we do most is we work with the leadership at that company or mm-hmm. organization. We help um, every six months. We do a report review with them. Everything's confidential in that report, but it is metriced so they can see um, the different Activities that chaplains do. So you're do. making
2: sure the chaplain's connecting well with the corporation. Is that exactly that? okay? Exactly. All right. mm-hmm. um, and uh, and how did how did how did you get into this gig? What's your story in
0: terms of how you landed here? Well, I was a senior pastor before here, and one of the things I really enjoyed about that, probably the most that I enjoyed about that, is just connecting with people in the community and the church, and having people tell me. Um. How, how hard their lives were going and things that were happening and very, very deep, consequential um, things happening in their life. And I really just grew to love being with people and hearing that, that raw raw life. Here's what's going on in my life. Any words of wisdom? Can you listen? Can you help me out? and And then at one point, about two years ago, an email landed in my inbox that said, Hey, have you ever considered Marketplace Chaplains? Which I had never even heard of up to that point. But mm. I made a phone call and it ended, up, like Doug was saying, it just fit where the Lord was leading me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Interesting. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm not sure who to ask this to, but <laughs> where do the, where do your chaplains come from? I mean, we had a I know we had a chaplaincy program here for a while that trained people for a variety of chaplaincies. I think the most of the chaplains that we ended up training were thinking about hospital chaplaincy and that mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. thing but um, but so where where do people come from that end up in your ministry? Do they come from everywhere
3: or or I'm getting a They they just Mm -hmm. come from the school of life. Uh And uh, while we are blessed when a chaplain comes with experience, Millicent mentioned uh, she uh, gets to train chaplains to be chaplains. Mm -hmm. Well, they may have been hospital, military, or even hospice care who make some of the most wonderful chaplains, but also that gentleman or that uh, very kind, compassionate lady sitting in the pew of a church make wonderful chaplains. Hmm. Uh, you, you see, at the end of the day, we, we, we want to share the love of God in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's part of our mission statement. Mm-hmm. Uh, our core values indicate that people are first and transformation of life is second. Mm-hmm. Well, only God can transform a life. Mm-hmm. But somebody needs to deliver that wonderful love and message mm-hmm. of God to people. So often, we're looking for people who just very naturally, organically know how to Bring Jesus to people, and bring people to Jesus. Interesting, and uh, that's that's what we hope at the end of the day. We don't want hardcore preachers. We don't want heavy-duty leaders. Mm-hmm. We want people who just love people and love God and care about people enough that when the phone rings at two a.m., they're not disgruntled about it, but they're saying, "Oh boy, an opportunity to bring Jesus to somebody tonight mm-hmm. in the middle of the night who's struggling." Mm, interesting. So, do you, um, uh, so? What kind of so that means people come with.
2: All kinds of theological background as well. Is that true? Or how does that work? How does the
3: theological uh, grounding of your chaplaincy work? We we do have a statement of faith, Mm -hmm. and it's rather evangelical. Mm Uh, The NAE would be proud of us, the National Association of Evangelicals, and uh, we ask all of our chaplains to be able to agree with our statement of faith. It would be probably similar to what you have here at Dallas Theological Seminary, Mm -hmm. and uh, that unifies us and brings us together and takes some of the guesswork out of what might be shared when somebody asks a tough question, Mm -hmm. such as, Standing by the casket, and a dear widow says, uh, "Chaplain, uh, where's my husband right now? Mm-hmm. We want someone who can give an answer that that is frankly from the Bible and uh, not some idea that's just out there. Mm-hmm. So uh, we have that kind of grounding, and we're established in in the book, if you will. Okay.
2: So how to how to people find out about you all, I mean, because I I imagine there are people who are actually quite qualified to do what you're talking about who might not even know that the opportunity to do what you're talking about exists. So um, uh, in fact, I think, John, didn't you say that you didn't even know who they were when they? When when you first encountered them, so, Mm -hmm. um, and and it's clear it's a, I mean I I you gave me the statistics earlier I haven't shared them but you're in forty six to forty seven states I guess that's someone living on the border like that. Geico commercial that's on the edge of <laughs> Virginia and Tennessee uh, and uh, Canada and Mexico, eight hundred companies, uh, fourteen hundred chaplains touching lives of one hundred eighty thousand employees plus their families. And you mentioned that you hear stories of people coming to Christ uh, virtually daily. So, um, so obviously you're out there. How do how do people find out about you?
3: And and what kind of people are you looking for to be chaplains? Well. It starts with finding companies first. Mm-hmm. We don't need a chaplain unless we have a, a company to serve. Okay, fair enough. And and the majority of our companies come on board with us because of word of mouth. Mm-hmm. One company owner who has a wonderful experience uh, with the chaplains in their company, and, and they see improvement in morale. They'll see uh, attendance go up. They see health go up. They see the, the overall uh, company ethos and ROIs are increasing. Mm-hmm. And uh, one company owner says to another company owner, Boy, since I brought on these chaplains, things have really gotten good around our place. <laughs> and the other company says, really? What's that? Yeah. And uh, before you know it, they're talking to one of our leaders out in the field who has an opportunity to share a little bit more. Hmm. And anywhere from a month of first hearing about us till up to two, three years later sometime, uh, they're they're signing uh, an agreement uh, where we will bring chaplains in. Then we go looking for the chaplains. Okay, And uh, we have have established uh, some new relationships in the last year and uh, forthcoming in the year ahead with with uh, uh, a number of denominations that have churches that, that we feel we're in alignment with. And it's in those churches where we can find chaplains. In those churches, we find maybe a staff member, maybe a retired pastor or missionary, hmm. uh, someone who has some kind of Caregiving, shepherding, if you will, experience mm-hmm. in life. Mm-hmm. Or, like I say, that Sunday school teacher, that person in the pew who just oozes. Uh, love for people, and that love comes from God, and and uh, so uh, we are just blessed. We we have waiting lists of chaplains, we have waiting lists of companies. We pinch ourselves every now and then to just say, God, you're just showing your favor, and we're grateful. So, is there a matching that goes on then between
2: the Absolutely. company and the, and and so you have? I take it you have someone who who does that for you or helps to do that for you? Yeah, your
3: team uh, guys mm-hmm. like John our, our company care leaders and others will go in and and we'll do a full demographic and even psychographic study of that particular company Hmm. so we bring chaplain teams in, never one chaplain Mm -hmm. Uh, we want to make sure we have chaplain for the men, for the women because they feel a little more comfortable Mm -hmm. uh, sharing those intimate Mm -hmm. areas of life with Mm -hmm. someone who understands that the best Mm -hmm. Uh, if uh, a, a large number of people in that company speak another language Mm-hmm. We will search high and low until we find someone who can communicate in that language. Mm-hmm. If English happens to be a second language, right. and uh, we will do everything to provide the best match possible. Great question. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, and and how and the, the companies discover you by what? By word of mouth or mm-hmm. primarily? Yep. It's again one company owner telling another company owner where the chaplains are mm-hmm. and uh, how to find us, mm-hmm. and we we. Do do go to a few conferences where where company owners are. We're going to be at the large Sherm conference next month. I just got back from Hilton Head, tough duty, by yeah, the way, right, yeah. uh, <laughs> where we met with 300 business owners. Many of them uh, asked how they can bring chaplains into their company. And uh, so we're constantly out there uh, doing our best one-on-one to make our needs known.
2: There's something pretty ironic about this, and that uh, the the conference call that I was on before, literally walking in to do this podcast, was with a retired businessman and a current uh, manager who manages over four thousand people in a large corporation, in which they are talking about how the health of a of a company, their culture, the way in which people function in the job and flourish in the job is becoming very, very important to companies in a significant Mm. way. And this input of of what builds for a healthy culture, how can people encourage one another, how can they flourish in their job, how Mm. can they function well? Um, which is exactly related to what uh, chaplains would be discussing with people, is becoming a concern that really corporations are becoming focused on. Interestingly, particularly as younger people come along mm-hmm. who don't simply want a job and earn a paycheck, but they want their jobs to be, uh, in some sense, meaningful mm-hmm. and satisfying. Exactly right. And so. Uh, and so this is a, a very important and growing space, I take it, mm-hmm. that exists. That, mm-hmm. and, and my sense is that if we had gone back 30, 40, 50 years, uh, we wouldn't have – this
3: didn't really exist. Am I am I right about that, or did it exist informally? Or It, it was often a very informal situation mm-hmm. where a company owner – uh, their pastor would be retiring and they said, Pastor, would you come into my workspace? Uh, mm-hmm. I'll pay you something every time you come in just to love on my employees and we've got employees that have issues and they, they don't have a church. Uh, there's obviously those who have family members who <laughs> die and they don't know where to go. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this happens all over the country and still does mm-hmm. uh, in one-off situations. There's a number uh, probably 20 other uh, companies that are, are doing what we're doing uh, in their space in the U.S. Um, So is there... I just thought of this question. So is
2: there like a professional business chaplains organization? No. No.
3: No. no. It's, that, it's that new? It's, it's, it's that young. Some have talked about it, and yeah. that's all they've done. Uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe maybe you can start that, and if you do, let me know, and we'll, we'll come for the free lunch. <laughs>
2: yeah, so, so, so everyone's
3: out there trying to do the best that they can and that kind of Thing? Yeah, you know it's so interesting. We say 180,000 employees, and some people go, "Wow, you know that's only 0.13 percent of yeah. the workforce." Yeah, I wish there were a thousand organizations doing what we're doing. Our our strategic vision and goal is to reach one percent of the workplace, just 1%. That's almost seven times from where we are right now. Hmm. To accomplish that is is monumental. It's huge. Mm-hmm. And putting a chaplain in isn't light duty. Uh, Millicent maybe can talk more about some yeah, of the we'll requirements. Yeah, we'll do that on the other side. And uh, uh, it, it's, it's uh, well, there's a little phrase out there, too much that is given is much required. Mm-hmm. We feel like we've been given much. And we feel that we're at the top of God's list of expectations as well (laughs) to provide the best chaplain care possible. So the vetting process and everything is very important to us, as well as the quality training that Millicent
4: is providing. This episode is brought to you by The Truce Podcast. I'm sure you've been there. You're at an event, a dinner, a small group, and someone says something like,
2: If you're a Christian, you have to vote Republican.
4: Huh. Huh.
2: Yeah, because it's a ch- uh, it's a challenge because you're actually stepping into people's lives, some of whom uh, may not entirely be aware of, much less entirely appreciate what it is that you provide or where mm-hmm. you're coming from, but who need the the presence of a loving a uh, loving heart and mm-hmm. loving hands. Mm-hmm.
1: And Doctor Bob, we take mm-hmm. it seriously when companies are giving us keys to their door mm-hmm. to allow chaplains to go in and care for their employees. Mm-hmm. We do not take that lightly Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because that's that's a large responsibility.
2: That's right. So, Millicent, let's 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 start with you. You you do the the training that's involved here of those that come in. But there also is uh, there's kind of two prongs to this, if you will. Uh, And John, I'll ask you as well. Maybe I'll start with you, John. A company says, "Ooh, Mm -hmm. um, we don't have one of these positions, but I could see where it would be helpful."
0: Uh, what happens next? Well, we'll meet with them and talk with about what the company needs and how um, a lot of times when they ask us Mark about place chaplains, they don't really know much beyond, hey, I talked to somebody for a few minutes, and it sounded very interesting. It sounds like it fit our culture, and we'll just spend time with them fielding questions that they may have, and we'll present a layout of what it could look like um, on a Daily basis for them of having chaplains in there serving their employees and and often as it's very organic like that they ask questions, we'll present um, what a marketplace chaplain does and we just feel that and and after that if they sense that it's a good fit we'll just continue on with them.
2: Now, well, um, when you when you sign on, I mean, I imagine these companies because they're. They're companies, you know. They're not churches, right? So, um, so they've got people from a wide variety of backgrounds, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, how do you handle that part of the equation? What do do you tell the owner about what he can expect
0: from the chaplaincy service in terms of the background of their people? It's a great question. We don't come in the front doors blaring "Jesus Saves." We don't don't do that. Uh Um, We come in and really, um, we're we work with people who, employees every day, who come into the workplace with a variety of needs. People, you'd be surprised at what people are dealing with at the workplace from financial needs to they might be going through or starting to talk about a divorce in their family. Um, They may have stress or anxiety. At the baseline, that's what many employees are going through every single day when we walk into a company. And you wouldn't know because they're all doing their work, but somebody might have dealt with a death or a breakup, or any, any manner of issue that any of us would face, mm-hmm. we go in there and we, we serve them on that level. Sometimes they might just say, hey, I just need a friendly ear to listen, or would you pray with me, or do you have any advice, um, any resources that you could give me to help? And we really just help them with what they ask us for, and we help point them in the right direction. So you th- you really place the chaplains to be
2: there as, as kind of friends and ministers in the most positive generic sense of that term. Absolutely, uh, to serve people. Um, and, and I take it if people really get in a tough bind, um, there's is there referring that you sometimes do in that kind of thing? If you know it's kind of above the chaplain's pay grade mm-hmm. in terms of
0: the challenges that they face. Well, somebody uh, once quipped that Marketplace chaplains are like the ambulance, not the hospital. We get people to where they need to go. And and oftentimes we can sit down with somebody and over one or two times to talk with them or just short conversations. We try not to tie up their time at work at all. We keep that very brief. But if we sense that there's long-term care that would be needed, we have a very complete uh, referral basis with counselors, churches. Sometimes an uh, employee might say, hey, I'm looking for a singles group. We know lots of singles group throughout the Dallas area. And we just help them place to what they need. Now, hmm.
2: Now, and, and, and if we've talked about you're located in Forty-six or forty-seven. I'm, yes. I'm dying to know which states haven't haven't bought in yet. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, um, uh, so, uh, so so an o- an owner approaches you with mm-hmm. an interest, and you explore that. You determine the fit, and then you go about the process of trying to match the company to, and I take it there's more than one chaplain
0: who goes into a, a company once you sign on with the company. Exactly. All, always male and female and sometimes it's a very large company It requires more chaplains to take care of. Is there a ratio that you try and go for or, or do you just is that something you feel out? We have a metric that helps us to establish that so mm-hmm. we can go in and we, we can say here's how many chaplains that will most likely be the right. Fit for that company, and and when they
2: go in, um, are they there? Are they like an employee of the company,
0: or or how does that work? Are they there every day? I guess that's, is that is the part of the question I'm asking. Sometimes when those relationships really grow, you feel like an employee of the company, mm-hmm. and we we start off. We do a startup meeting where a lot of times the organizational leader, the president, HR, um, owner will have a meeting where we all come together in one room, we introduce and lay out what we do. And then from there, every single week, we go into the into the um, company location, and we get to know their their name, their pets' names, their families, things that they're dealing with as they're comfortable with sharing. We never force a conversation. It's always what they're comfortable sharing. So some, some employees, we might just say, hey, how you doing? And that may go on for several weeks and months. And then one day they may have a need and say, hey, chaplain, um, my mom's in a hospital, and we'll say, Would you like myself or one of our chaplains to go visit your mom in the hospital? And invariably, yes, we'd love that.
2: So, is a chaplain assigned to a company or is a chaplain connected to a variety of companies and is there
0: a a certain day each week? Uh, One chaplain could visit 15 companies, 20 companies a week. Okay. Mm -hmm. But we keep the same, usually about the same day and time each week, so there's consistency. I but, see. Yeah.
2: Okay. So so, so you, you you really making use of your manpower in, in, Absolutely. in a ways. Absolutely. Interesting. All right. Well, that's the corporate side of this. Millicent, let me ask you about the other half of this. So someone's sitting out there and says, ooh, corporate chaplaincy, that sounds... I've never thought about being a corporate chaplain. I have a heart for people and that looks like sounds like an interesting ministry. Um maybe they're a minister who's retired or maybe there's someone out who's um, looking for a second career coming out of business. What what what's their side of the story? I when say they- come in. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. Well, you know, one thing I didn't share with you, I serve in two capacities. Okay. I am not only a training director, uh-huh. but I'm also a chaplain. Okay. So I get to see the, the front lines as well. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like my, my cousin, he's a cardiologist. Mm-hmm. So he is not only a surgeon, mm-hmm. but he's also a professor. Right. So he gets the chance to see the real mm-hmm. world as well as train that, mm-hmm. and that helps me become a better training director. Mm-hmm. But anyone who has – know they're called full-time ministry, mm-hmm. they have practical work experience in the past, mm-hmm. and they know – they have a desire for evangelizing to the lost, and they have a good active listening ability, and have an empathy for having compassion for people, mm-hmm. I say yes, we mm-hmm. welcome
3: you.
2: hmm and, and so what what is that what would that involve for them? An application in an interview or, or? – how, how, what would happen if they if they actually step forward and said, "Ooh, I think I'll test the waters."
1: Well, they have to go through application process, mm-hmm. and then they go through an intense background check. Mm-hmm. They uh, we also interview the references. Mm-hmm. They go through a, a credit check, a driving record check, mm-hmm. and we just want to make sure not only for their purposes but also mm-hmm. for our client company purposes as mm-hmm. well.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay, so they, and, and how and, okay, so then they sign on. They say, Okay, you get through that first hurt, what's next for them? What comes next for them?
1: Well, after they have gone through the interviewing process, mm-hmm. they have passed all the intense background checks. Then they come into the training part.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the training part, with well, the self-study part is about six hours of training. They cover everything from the identity of the chaplain. They cover everything for the employee care services. We talk about the specialized training services we provide, also the systems training. But let me say this one thing, Dr. Bach. A lot of times they confuse the role of a chaplain versus the role of a pastor. Mm-hmm. And so we have to make sure they understand clearly the differences. Okay.
2: Tell me what those uh, differences are. (laughs) Now, John did
1: cover one part about the chaplain has a limited scope Mm -hmm. where we're there short term Mm -hmm. as opposed to the pastor's long term. Mm -hmm. Now, as also the nature of a chaplain, we are looking at all individuals Mm -hmm. as opposed to a pastor. They may be more influenced by the members of the church. Right. Also, like I said, short term, long term. But they're also part of. We are providing service to the employees and the immediate family, mm-hmm. as opposed to the church. Is the immediate family, the employee, and all the family members. Mm-hmm. So once we get that clarity, they feel much better. Mm-hmm. A chaplain and a pastor. We have the same calling, mm-hmm. but different duties.
2: Okay, fair enough. Mm-hmm. So they so they go through so they go through this self the self assessment. Is that what you call the first phase. I miss the The first phase where they do the six hours. So what is that? That's self study. Self study. Self study. Okay. Yes. And then after that, what comes next?
1: Then it comes into we take the highlights of mm-hmm. that self study, mm-hmm. the core essentials that will make them effective in the in the company. Mm-hmm. So we cover everything. Like I said, job related issues. We cover the type of conversations that you have. Mm-hmm. There are different types of conversations. You have your your small talk. Mm-hmm. You have your elevator pitch. You know, mm-hmm. how are you doing? How's the weather? Mm-hmm. Then we go into the positive relationship building. Mm-hmm. Conversations. Mm-hmm. So if I walked into your office, I will notice the pictures on your wall. Mm-hmm. I said, Oh, Dr. Bach, that's wonderful. Is that your daughter there? Is mm-hmm. that your dog? Oh, uh, anything that gets me interest into your life, right, right, that helps me build that open door. Because our whole purpose is to build credibility, mm-hmm. to build that trust level, to mm-hmm. make you feel you have a safe place, a friend to talk to. Mm. And then we get into, okay, we come in week after week, building that relationship. At some point, Dr. Barker, you're going to feel comfortable enough to say, well, you know what, my son was going through an issue. Mm-hmm. You might we well talk about that. Mm. Or I may come back from the previous week and you talked about your Son, I said, Well, Dr. Bach, how is your son doing? Mm-hmm. And you may say, Oh my gosh, you know what? Last week he had a rough time at the football game. Mm-hmm. And you that what we call a confidential discussion shouldn't have fumbled that ball.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you know, this is amazing. Yeah, right. And then after we get to that confidential discussion, then we get to the evangelistic conversation. Mm-hmm. Conversation that lead them ultimately to salvation if they're lost. Hmm. So we never lose focus of our mission. Mm-hmm. Our mission statement is to demonstrate the love of Christ, mm-hmm. leading them mm-hmm. to Christ.
3: Hmm. Interesting. Uh, that was so good. And, yeah. and and sometimes that all of which Millicent just shared could happen between a chaplain and employee in, inside of three months, hmm. or it could take eight years. Mm-hmm. Yes. Hmm. Interesting. Excellent.
2: So, so, so they go through that next that phase of training. About how long does that last? That second phase.
1: The second phase. Okay. First phase six hours. Uh-huh. Second phase is three hours. Okay. And then the next phase is two hours, and uh-huh. that's the systems training. Uh-huh. And then you get to the coaching. Okay. So, like what John was talking about, you have some chaplains that only have one company. Uh-huh. Then you have some have multiple companies. Uh-huh. So that coaching phase will be dictated upon how many companies that they have. In I them.
2: see. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and what's the systems phase? Is that just understanding the way businesses work, or what? Do you systems
1: mean? training is all about the computer software. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Now, example, <clears throat> a lot of times what John does, he goes out to the company and provides a six month or semi annual report, hmm. summarizing all the activities that our chaplains have done during the past six I months. See. So along the way, the chaplains have to enter the activities. So they're reporting on what they've been doing. How many confidential discussions did we have? Uh-huh. How many did we lead to Christ? Uh-huh. How many? Faith building discussions that we have, hmm. how many phone calls do we make? Hmm. All these things, these companies want to know what exactly are you doing for the past six months. Hmm.
2: Interesting. Mm-hmm. So, when it's all said and done, I think I've added up the hours. How many hours does it take to be done with the training?
1: Right now, we're estimating, well, 11 hours before you get to the coaching because okay. that's that's all dependent upon their assignment. Uh-huh. But the core, the basic skills courses, that's by 11 hours.
2: And part of what's going on through this process, I take it, is an assessment about where this person might fit and what kind of company they might be capable mm-hmm. of and equipped to be able to handle mm-hmm. and interact with. And
1: keep with. in mind, they're never fully... You have that training, but then yeah. you have the OJT. Right. So they still constantly have these questions. Mm-hmm. And
2: OJT is on job training? <laughs> <laughs> you start talking <laughs> in code. M- I got MCJT, the Marketplace <laughs>
1: Challenge Job. <training. laughs> and so that's why we call upon our, our company care leaders mm-hmm. like John to mm-hmm. answer those questions that we don't have answers to.
2: Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Interesting. So. They get placed, okay, so Mm -hmm. we're we're just kind of going through the cycle of what this involves for people. They get placed and they start having those conversations. And what what are kind of the array of of things you you said earlier, we all have stories. what, what are the array of things that your cha- that your chaplains uh, that your chaplains deal with? I mean, the, the obvious ones are the are the traumas and, and tragedies that hit mm-hmm. people, but mm-hmm. I imagine
3: there's a huge array of
2: things that, that the chaplains run into.
3: Well, uh, once a month, uh, I actually shadow a chaplain mm-hmm. uh, so I can get boots on the ground and mm-hmm. get a feel for what is our mission really all about. Mm-hmm. When I come back from uh, those half-day experiences, some of the staff accuse me of having been undercover boss. <laughs> uh, but 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 I remember one just very vividly is that we are in a manufacturing plant. It was uh, literally 128 degrees, I asked, mm-hmm. inside the plant where they... They melt aluminum. And, uh, and, uh, was, and their workers simultaneously. Oh yeah. Yeah. We, were, we were all melted. Yeah. And, and I was walking along with a chaplain. A high-low driver came by, squealed his tires to a stop, ran over, grabbed the chaplain, picked him up about three inches off the ground, says, chaplain, thank you. And, and the chaplain said, thank you for what? He says... What, you saved my marriage. Hmm. He said, I did, what did I do? And he said, don't you remember what you told me about a month ago? chaplain said, I have no idea, what did I say? And, and he said, well, chaplain, you told me to go home and be nice to my wife, and it worked. <laughs> and, and, and here's a reminder again of, of the 70% of Americans who have no one in their lives to show them, to share with them these simple, what I would call a biblical truth, mm-hmm. go home and be nice to your wife. This man had never heard that never knew that. He tried it, and it worked. And he was so profoundly thankful that he finally said, Chaplain, my marriage hasn't been better. Hmm. And then the chaplain said, so what else can I do for you? He said, well, my mom's having surgery. Uh, next week, Tuesday. Hmm. You know, you just don't forget these things. Right. And, and he started to take a a pad and a pencil out. Mm-hmm. And he started writing. I said, "Oh, don't worry about it," because we were in Dallas at the time. Mm-hmm. He says, "My mom's up in Cincinnati." Hmm. He said, "No, what hospital?" He said, "What's her name?" He said, uh, "What time is surgery?" Seven thirty Tuesday morning. He said, "Don't you worry about a thing. We will have one of our Cincinnati chaplains." with your mom at 7 o'clock before she goes into surgery, and we did. Oh, wow. That is the other side of real life that happens, mm-hmm. and we could all go on and on. That's exciting. Mm-hmm.
1: That's
3: yeah. exciting. Yeah,
2: it is. Yes. It is. So um, I'm, a, I'm a, I have you each tell a story. So, so <laughs> you, I'm sure you,
0: certainly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's just which one do I choose? <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> well, this one is more uh, on the – positive side from the outset, Um, Mm -hmm. I had an employee who was sharing with me that he was just coming out of a very, very difficult time uh, with his wife, and they were going through a very rough time in their marriage. And somebody had just happened to send an email that uh, there was a marriage conference going on in a different state. And I I just thought, "I'll, I'll send it to him, you know, see what God does. Well, not only did he sign on to it, it was out of state and they made a whole vacation out of it. And then when I saw him the next week, he was beaming ear to ear and said, We had such a great time. We want to sign up to be sponsors with this organization. Mm-hmm. And my wife said to say, Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Wow, mm. and that just happened a couple weeks ago. So it Doesn't wow. sound
2: like your marketplace channel you know, it's your marriage chap. Uh, well, <laughs> it's
0: a big meat <laughs> out there. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But I give you a different one. Uh-huh. I had, I was uh, actually interviewing a chaplain at one time, and and my phone went off, and on the other end of the phone was one of the employees of the companies that I manage, and he said, "I'm at McDonald's. I'm thinking about taking my life." Mm. So I dropped everything and went to meet him for. For the next two, three hours, mm. and it's just like that. It can be like that. It can be something simple and positive, like just helping somebody along the way. It can be a crisis moment, just like that, where you drop everything. Exactly. Wow! wow. Mm-hmm.
3: I was following a chaplain one day, and uh, we were in a McDonald's in the back room. Mm-hmm. And this lady pulled away from the fryer for a moment. She said, "Chaplain, she said, could could you join me and my husband down at the jail?" Uh, next Friday, my niece is going to be arraigned mm. and we just don't know what to do mm. And the chaplain just took out his calendar and said, I will be there. you just tell me what time mm. so it's all of life yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Millicent, you got a, you got a story for us?
1: Yes, I do matter of fact okay <clears throat> Well it's amazing how God leads you to certain uh, situations based upon your past experiences, you know God prepares you for certain things. Mm -hmm. And so tends to be I am attracted draw God draws me to mothers Mm -hmm. who have parenting Mm -hmm. uh, challenges. Not not to say I have parenting challenges, (laughs) but in this scenario here, uh, one of the mothers, she's a single mom, Mm -hmm. has three daughters, Mm -hmm. but she found out that one of her daughters was cutting herself. Mm. And she was just overwhelmed. Mm. And so we went away to take a break, and we talked about it. And from there, I talked to her, you know, more or less listened to her concerns, because you always want to just listen. As much as I'm a motivator, I love to motivate. You could do better. I know you could do better than that, but no, I just listened. And as she just downloaded everything, Mm -hmm. then I said, okay, now we need to get a plan together. Mm -hmm. So I said, well, why don't you look at a counselor? for your daughter because obviously she has some things bound up in her. She Mm -hmm. needs to just get out Mm -hmm. because if she's taken out of her body, Mm -hmm. there's something deeper that she needs to get out of. Mm -hmm. And she uh, had her daughter go to a counselor. Everything started getting so much better. Mm -hmm. So my next couple of visits, every time I see her, I say, you are such a good mom. Mm -hmm. You are such a good mom. And I hug her. Women love to hear that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we don't hear it all the time. Mm -hmm. And so that went on for maybe about a month. Then she called me about a week ago. And she called me, and I was driving uh, home, and she said, Millicent, I found out my other daughter is cutting herself. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Bach, it, just, it was just like a flood just came over me. Mm-hmm. So I pulled over and I talked to her, I said, you know, okay, we need to identify what was the issue over here with this first daughter, mm-hmm. and then let's talk about the issue with the second daughter. Two totally different issues. Mm-hmm. But when you see one sister do one thing, the other sister tends to take on the same tendencies as mm-hmm. well. And so I gave her a game plan. And so I said, because you need to do this before you go to bed tonight, because if you don't get your second daughter into a counseling, you're going to go over sleep tonight and wake up the next morning with the same problem. Hmm. I said, now make sure you text me tonight that you did get your daughter into counseling. Mm-hmm. She texted me. I said, well, great. I called her the next day. I said, how are you going? She said, well, great. She said, Millicent, thank you so much. And Dr. Bach, it just amazes me how God just gives you so much joy because you're helping some other mother, in my case, you know, help her life easier. Mm-hmm. Same thing with John, same mm-hmm. thing with, with, uh, uh, <laughs> Doug, <Parker. laughs> I'm caught up in. Please forgive me. <laughs> Please forgive me.
3: <laughs> you know what? We can't edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: But you know, I just, I like I said, I get, I really get excited about what God has called us all to do. Mm-hmm. Everyone who has a compassionate heart, they want to help others, mm-hmm. and we get the opportunity to do this.
2: Mm-hmm good. So, uh, what uh, if, if someone is a, uh, kind of encouraged to think about this as maybe something they could do? Um, what 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 advice would you give them? What uh, what what would you say to them as they're thinking, listening, and going, "Ooh, that may be something I might be interested." in? Because I imagine some people would go, "That sounds interesting," but I'm not sure whether I'm really cut out to do this or not.
3: Well, the simplest thing to do is just. Uh, Uh, email us and go into our uh, self-serve system where they can begin the first application process. Uh, We actually have a double application process. The first really just kind of vets them, Mm -hmm. and it's really more for them than it is for us. Mm. And it helps them understand if this is really something that they ought to pursue. And we walk the journey with them. Mm. Uh, Just because somebody applies doesn't mean they'll be a chaplain. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we would love to have that conversation uh, they can go to com and you'll find us. There you go. And uh, there we are, and they can begin the process by clicking on that little box that says, I want to be a chaplain.
2: And the headquarters is here in Plano, but uh, it, does everyone contact you here in Plano or do they contact you elsewhere?
3: Well, uh, the contact may begin locally, whether they're in Connecticut or Michigan or California. But ultimately, to begin a formal process, it's an online contact. We mm. just happen to get it here in Plano, and we respond from Plano. But uh, it's, it's strictly online uh, to begin the process. And then someone locally will actually end up meeting them and interviewing them and walking through the process, asking their personal questions.
2: Well, I thank you all for coming in and helping us uh, find out about thank what you. Marketplace Chaplains is about. We thank you for joining us on the table, and we hope you'll join us again soon.